Welcome to the Why on Earth Community's Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series. Today we are visiting with Emily McGlone. Hey, Emily. Hi, thank you so much for being here in our <clears throat> office. Thanks for having us. We're really excited. We're just a block from the United Nations here, right? That's right, yeah. <clears throat> Emily McGlone has been working with Peace Boat since 2004 and currently is the United Nations Liaison and Director of the New York-based Office of Peace Boat U.S., a nonprofit organization working to promote peace, sustainable development, and respect for the environment through educational programs organized on board the Peace Boat, a chartered passenger ship that travels the world on peace voyages. You can see a picture right behind us if you're watching the video. Emily is originally from California, lived in Tokyo for 10 years, and has traveled around the world with Peace Boat six times. She is now currently the director of Peace Boat US and United Nations Liaison. She studied international relations and cultural studies at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill and is a scuba diver, a skier, a snowboarder. So I'm sure many in our audience can identify with, with some of these things that we might have in common. And uh, Emily, I'm just, I'm so excited to visit with you. It's just shortly after Climate Week 2019. Uh, obviously a whole lot is happening. Thanks again for making time in your schedule to speak with My us. Pleasure. And uh, we're so excited to hear about Peace Boat. So what is it? Sure, well thank you for being here in the office. Uh, we're at the Peace Boat US office, which is based in the United Nations Plaza. Our headquarters is actually in Tokyo, Japan where we have more than 150 of my colleagues working to organize the Peace Boat Voyages. And Peace Boat was founded in Japan in 1983 as a civil society organization. It was started by uh, one of the co-founders, Yoshioka Tatsuya, who is now currently the director um, of Peace Boat, continuing to put forth the agenda of peace education through experiential learning. And Peace Boat uses a ship, which is the cruise ship that you see here, to travel the world in three months, making a global voyage. And during that time, we visit about 20 different countries um, on each voyage. We have three different routes around the world, sometimes traveling to the Northern Hemisphere, up into the Baltic region, Sweden, Finland, Norway, up into Iceland. Other times we're going to South Africa, South America, and we're alternating all the times the places that we visit and the communities that we work with. On the ship, we have many guest speakers who come from around the world. That could be journalists, um, indigenous community leaders, those who are working in civil rights or working for sustainable development, sometimes United Nations delegates or partners who come on board and give lectures and workshops about important global issues. So on the ship, we have about 1,000 participants. Wow. And we call them participants because they're really participating in the global voyage, and they're also able to organize their own events and talks about these issues. And so people are learning and traveling, and then when we arrive in the countries that we're visiting, we have what we call study programs or cultural exchange programs, where they can really learn firsthand from the communities that we visit. For example, we might visit a Palestinian refugee camp in Jordan and do a homestay program to learn more about the reality of Israel and Palestine and the conflict. Or we might visit a youth group in Kenya working with an orphanage or an elephant uh, care center. We have so many different programs um, related to sustainable development and we really work on all of the sustainable development goals of the United Nations. We sail as a flagship for the SDGs with the logo of the sustainable development goals painted on the hull of the ship and everywhere that we go we are working to raise awareness about sustainability 
and also our next project, uh, which is coming up soon, to have a more eco-friendly cruise ship. Oh wow! Okay, we've got we've got a lot to talk about here. Well, let's. I I can't wait to get to the SDGs, but we'll, we'll let that wait for just a moment. What what kinds of things are you doing to make the ship itself more sustainable? We have so many uh, different programs on board around climate action and ocean conservation. So first of all, we're an education-based organization, so all of the activities that we organize on the ship are about education, so helping to raise awareness and getting our own participants involved and helping with that as well. So there's um, programs for uh, environment, we have uh, youth programs for sustainability, and then also uh, the ship itself, we are working to keep it as a really education-focused space. So it's not the normal cruise ship that might have a casino on board. Mm. We take out the casino, we put in a library and workshop spaces. Uh, we have a wellness program on board, Pilates, yoga, mindfulness. Um, and then the learning that takes place is really a way to kind of catalyze uh, all the experiences and the information that we're sharing and help people to take action. So Peace was a very uh, action-oriented organization. Well, we love that because our Why on Earth community is all about action. And uh, we know that Socrates once said that wisdom necessarily leads to action, which is a very interesting perspective to have on all of this. Absolutely. If you don't know, then you can't really take action. So first of all, it's getting to know the places and the people and the realities around the world. Of course. And in the East, to make this a multicultural view we we talk about right action and the more we learn about being good citizens of the planet intercultural uh representatives and liaisons it probably allows us to be much more in line with right action absolutely yeah so can you tell us what are the sdgs i know increasingly our why on earth community audience knows what this these are and what we're doing i'm holding up a beautiful fan which is handy in New York City, uh, that has the 17 uh, Sustainable Development Goals. Can you walk us through these and how it relates to what you're doing with Peace Boat? Sure. Well, the United Nations put forth uh, the Sustainable Development Goals uh, after the MDGs, Millennium Development Goals, and the Millennium Campaign was something that Peace Boat also um, took up. We had actually here on the ship was the 2015 End Poverty logo, which is now replaced with the SDGs logo. So we've been working on these issues for a long time. Um, the 17 Sustainable Development Goals not only were put forth by the United Nations, but really are being embraced by civil society, private sector, and communities around the world. The idea is that it would be something where everyone can participate, everyone should be able to um, help put these goals forth, and the importance of the goals, for example, looking at uh, goal number one, which is no poverty, goal number two, and no hunger, looking at education for peace and sustainability, or climate action, um, Peace Boat is really focused on goal number four for quality education and also goal number 13 for climate action and goal 14 for life below water. And we believe that as we're sailing on the ocean and we are traveling to all these different countries connected by this amazing resource of natural beauty um, that we have to protect the life below the water. And in doing so, we are working now on not just raising awareness about the SDGs, but really taking action as well. Uh, we have a program called our Ocean and Climate Youth Ambassadors. And these are young people from small island developing states around the world, really on the front lines of climate change. And they're coming on board and sharing their testimonies, sharing their experiences and best practices for mitigating climate change and working towards 
um, you know, really achieving the SDGs in a sustainable way. And they've created now, through three generations of Ocean and Climate Youth Ambassadors, mm. a kind of network so that they're able to connect across all island nations, um, and not only small island developing nations, but really large ocean states. And you know, they're able to become stewards of their oceans in a responsible way. And I think that sharing their testimonies on board has helped to raise awareness about the issues. But we also have experts who come on board and give serious advice on how to advance um, uh, through the United Nations or through other partners. We had Christiana Figueres come on board as one of our experts and leaders in the field who really helped to reach the Paris Agreements on climate action. And she's always given you know, exciting and kind of powerful advice to never give up to the students and to keep going. Um, we've also had um, partners from the Sustainable Ocean Alliance, SOA, who came on board and they're talking about technology and innovation and solutions for the oceans and also funding for projects to help young people who have business ideas for ocean solutions to really scale up and make those into something that, that can be their future. So we've got lots of different programs on board around the SDGs and Peace Boat is really working on all 17. Of course, we were founded in Japan um, and partnerships for the goals and thinking about peace and security as well. It's really important for us. We are also on the international steering group of ICANN, the international campaign to abolish nuclear weapons. And with that campaign, we have been working for many years, since around 2008, when we first started the program for a global voyage for a nuclear-free world. We are bringing on survivors from Hiroshima and Nagasaki to give their testimonies. Mm. And through those testimonies, they're able to raise awareness for nuclear disarmament and education, and also involving young people. So we have what we call youth communicators who come on board with the survivors and learn about their stories to be able to communicate that to the future generations. That's got to be a, a tremendously powerful experience for people. It is. And you know, it's not only the youth who are moved by these stories, but also UN delegates and member states. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're working to really uh, push forward the agenda for a ban on nuclear weapons. And mm -hmm. sometimes having the survivors share their testimonies can be one of the most impactful experiences for those delegates. Mm -hmm. I'm curious, since we're recording our conversation, does any of that get recorded and shared with the world? Or is it the kind of thing you got to be there? Well, we do have some films, actually, mm -hmm. a couple of documentaries that have been put out. Uh, we have definitely some um, testimonies that have been recorded, and we are creating also together with UNODA, who is the Office of Disarmament Affairs at mm -hmm. the United Nations, mm -hmm. to uh, put together some educational materials. We are also working uh, right now on something interesting that we will invite um, our listeners to find out more about, which is a Youth for Disarmament program. Mm. And our ship is docking here in New York City on October 10th and 11th of this month, and we'll be hosting 75 youth champions for securing our common future, and that will be working towards next year, which is the 75th anniversary of the United Nations. And so we're really thinking, you know, now is the time to work towards disarmament and to build a more peaceful future. Absolutely. So if, if folks want to find these these films and these other resources, where's the best place to go online to do that? Sure, they can check out our website. Uh, we have the one that's listed here, which is peaceboat-us.org. It's for our New York office. And we also have uh, peaceboat.org slash English. And on both of those websites, you'll find information about a lot of our programs and our voyages and also how you can get involved as volunteers or um, in any other way with the organization. Okay, cool. So. 
I want to make sure I get this right. Is there an opportunity for some of our audience to actually get on one of these voyages and experience that? How does that work? Absolutely. Anybody can join a Peace Boat Voyage. Okay. And we have a very intergenerational community on board. Yeah. So the youngest children, I would say, are ages two to seven years old in the Montessori education program. No kidding. We have a kid's yeah. room on board. Wow. And um, we know we have retirees up to 70, 80 years old traveling the world. Mm -hmm. And that intergenerational um, kind of collaboration that takes place on the ship is really unique. You don't often have maybe a 17-year-old traveling together with an 85-year-old in the same you know, program. But when you're both going to um, see the islands of Rapa Nui or Easter Island, you know, you really have this experience that's so powerful and it's exciting. So I think there's a lot of friendships and partnerships that are made on the boat because of this special shared experience. One of the things that seems so clear in all of this work, all of these different leaders and organizations we're connecting with, is that any and all opportunities we have for youth and elders to interact, to collaborate, to support one another mm -hmm. are essential. And they're so unique, yes. Mm. I believe mm. that that exchange of information um, needs to take place between all the generations, young people who are inspired to make change and older generations who have the experience and the knowledge mm -hmm. to share, and traditions also, which sometimes mm. can get lost if they're not shared you know, on a continual basis. So it's great to have that sort of space for learning. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm really curious, with some of the ideation that occurs, the inspiration, the new uh, business ideas, technology ideas, and approaches that um, folks uh, are basically articulating while on voyage, what are a couple of the ones that have really stuck out to you that uh, have, have made a difference in the world that have had real impact? Sure. Well, there's so many ideas, I think, that have been born on the Peace Boat mm -hmm. uh, and partnerships as well. One of my experiences that really impacted, I think, our programming here and also um, local organizations in South America was when I traveled to Patagonia uh, for the first time on the Peace Boat in 2004. And we had uh, representatives from the oldest environmental nonprofit organization in Chile, which is called CODEF, the National Committee to protect the flora and fauna of Chile. Mm. And you know, the COP25 is coming up in Chile very soon. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a really exciting moment to go back to South America and embrace these partnerships. And from meeting CODEF on the Peace Boat, I learned about the campaign to protect the nature in Patagonia and to make it a World Heritage Site recognized by UNESCO. And this is a campaign that we've been doing now together for more than 15 years. Um, and the reason why it's so important and realizing that the voice of civil society can help really make change is that um, a lot of time governments are not always in a position to be able to uh, protect the resources of the country due to uh, multinational corporations who want to take advantage of the resources, especially now glaciers and the oceans and the rivers are so precious. And I think that civil society and learning about this organization in CODEF has helped to put forward this agenda and now watching the COP being organized in Chile, I think it's going to be brought to the forefront once again. So just seeing partnerships taking place, I think, and how an international organization like Peace Boat can support local nonprofits in raising their voice and making campaigns more powerful together mm. uh, was really a unique experience to see. Um, and I think also our youth programs. Mm. I've watched, uh, for example, our Ocean and Climate Youth Ambassador, um, Selena Lim, from the Marshall Islands. Uh, she joined our program, and following that program, uh, she wrote a really outstanding spoken word poem 
that she read then at one of our conferences at the United Nations. She got a standing ovation. And watching her be inspired and continue to do her work uh, for climate action and to realize that, you know, having a voice from a youth from the small island states um, in these places around the UN and with delegates and also on the global stage. She ended up on the global citizen stage here <laughs> for the concert in New York City with more than 60,000 people. And I think that's a real platform, just kind of watching those um, experiences, helping youth to also put their voices forward has been great. That's really wonderful. You know, so I imagine we may have a few folks in our audience who don't know what COP is. Sure. And of course, the recent summit in Paris was a really big deal. Could you walk us through that just so we have a better idea of what that is all about? Sure. Well, the COP is the conference of parties taking mm -hmm. place. It's around climate change. And uh, this will be taking place in Santiago, Chile, in South America. And the COP has taken places um, in different countries around the world where, you know, you're able to participate as an international organization if you have official observer status uh, with the United Nations. So um, there's a space for UN delegates together with international organizations to come together to find solutions for climate change. Mm. And all these discussions are based on lots of different issues, whether it's oceans or land use or, um, you know, degradation of the, you know, kind of natural resources of a certain place or country. And so we are working together with our partners. Um, we have a lot of different organizations that are coming together to Chile. And right now we're putting together a series of events around that conference to raise awareness about Peace Boat's activities for climate action. Oh, that's absolutely wonderful. So I, I want to just remind our audience that you can get more information about Peace Boat at peaceboat.org uh, uh, slash English and uh, EcoShip, uh, something we'll talk a little more about. Uh, you can check that out, ecoship-pb.com. Um, and I'd like to ask you a couple more questions about EcoShip Blue Innovation Summit, but before going to that, I'm, I'm really curious, Emily, just sharing with us a little about your personal story and background. How did, how did you end up doing this kind of work of all the things you could be doing right now? Sure. Well, um, I studied at the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, and during that time, I was exposed to a really amazing program called the JET program, hmm. Japan Exchange and Teaching Program, which I recommend to anyone who is interested in visiting uh, Japan and learning more about the culture there. And it's through the Ministry of Education uh, in Japan. And so I traveled to Japan in 2001. And at that time, I was teaching in a school for around two years. Um, and soon after, I found a really inspiring environmental program that uh, was called Bicycle for Everyone's Earth. Cool. And I became the national coordinator of this uh, nonprofit organization for a year program where we would plan a summer bike ride from Hokkaido to Okinawa, which is the north to south of Japan. It's about 3,000 kilometers. And we rode bikes with a team of 10 people. And everywhere that we rode, we promoted uh, sustainability and living a kind of mindful lifestyle. So eating low on the food chain as vegetarians during the bike ride, uh, making sure that we always have our own shopping bag and your own water bottle and mm. not making you know any extra waste. Um, we were camping along the way and going to hot springs, so really living in the nature. Um, and we were also doing beach and river cleanups and a t uh, kind of like a talk series with uh, Patagonia, who was one of our sponsors. So we would stop along the way and give talks and lectures and then do action with communities. Um, and at that time, I found out about the Peace Boats Global Voyage, and I saw that they were visiting South America, so I got 
involved um, through joining as a Spanish teacher mm -hmm. on board the ship. And that was kind of my first experience. And then from there, really meeting partners, um, as I mentioned, our environmental partners in Chile, or working with different groups uh, from around the world, I was inspired to continue working with Peace Boat. And now I've been with the organization since 2004 and continue to organize programs here from New York City. Absolutely wonderful. Well, I, ha I have to say that with the earlier mention of the wellness programs aboard the ship and your more recent mention of hot springs, yes. um, which are a big part of my personal regime, I'm curious, as you're doing all this work, obviously dedicating a huge amount of your time and energy and beingness to this uh, global work, what are some of your other methods for maintaining health and well-being in the in the day-to-day -day of it all? Well, I uh, really enjoy spending time in Prospect Park. Mm -hmm. um, so Brooklyn has been my home for the past uh, seven years so far. And I think that being in nature is very important to yeah. being able to tackle all of the global challenges that we have every day. Um, so I um, learned a term that is really was from Japan called forest bathing. Yeah. And, you know, spending time in nature. Shinrin yoku. So this. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. yeah, having, you know, the nature surround you and being um, in a clean oxygen, uh, you know, trees and just the energy that you can uh, kind of feel from nature, I think is really helpful when you're dealing with so many um, busy days and lots of work to do and just challenges all the time, you know, with uh, peace education and sustainable development, we have a long road ahead to the 2030 agenda. And to be able to do that, we never, you know, have to um, burn out. I think it's really important to just keep making sure that your mindfulness is also part of your daily routine. So with everything that's going on right now, how often per week would you say you actually get to the park and into it? I probably go to the park like almost every day. Almost yeah, every day, Four or yeah. five times a week. Um, Depends, you know, Climate Week was pretty busy, so uh, we spent more time in Central Park and Bryant Park, I think, you know, around the UN. Um, but, it, you know, we try to always, you know, find times to get a bit of nature and sunshine every day is good. So. Absolutely, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, we love that aspect of this, this work that we're doing. And, you know, we find that as we engage more and more deeply with this kind of work, our own quality of life goes up. Mm -hmm. And whether it's getting out into the parks, the woods, connecting with the living trees, taking the shoes off and grounding, getting our hands in the soil, interacting with the microbiome, of course, hot springing or a hot bath if you're not at a hot spring. Mm -hmm. There are so many things we can be doing on the regular to enhance our own health and well-being, of course, which means we're able to perform much more effectively as leaders doing the work we're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's so important. You know, often people are so uh, busy, especially in places like Tokyo or New York City mm -hmm. or London, um, that you know you don't have time or you don't make time. But I think I was reading um, some really interesting articles about you know running organizations in a busy lifestyle, and one of the best advice pieces that I saw was to imagine like your bow, your a bow and arrow, mm -hmm. and you know you pull back five centimeters and you launch twenty. And so that pullback is you know spending time in nature, making sure you take care of yourself as much as you can, get exercise, eat well try to eat vegetarian or healthy foods as much as possible. Um, really what you put in your body is also really important. And so making Definitely. sure that you are, you know, as healthy as you can be to take on these big days is also part of our responsibility for organizations and for, you know, trying to also promote a more sustainable lifestyle. It's such a beautiful metaphor and image for self-care. I love it. I might have to borrow that. Actually. Yeah, please do. <laughs> um, I think that is really relatable.
Well, let me ask you about EcoShip. Can we dive into that a bit? What, sure. What's going on with that? So EcoShip is the most exciting project of Peace Boat to mm, date, mm. I think. Um, we have been working on building the world's most sustainable cruise ship. And Peace Boat realizes, you know, as we are traveling the world, that the maritime industry is not the most sustainable. And in order to change that, we feel that it's necessary to build and to create innovative solutions for cruising and for sailing. Um, so we have decided to put together a team to work on the EcoShip as uh, our goal for the future. We are building a ship that will use solar and wind power mm. and will reduce our CO2 by 40 percent. Amazing. So we're now um, finalizing all the details for all of the innovative technology. We are looking for partners who want to be part of the EcoShip um, to join us in these next few years as we're really finalizing everything to have it sailing soon. And uh, Peaceful will be transitioning from our current ship that we have, which holds 1,000 people, mm -hmm. uh, which has been uh, sailing the world. You know, Peaceboat has more than 36 years of experience organizing <laughs> global voyages. And to really set this next stage, we want to really create the Tesla of the cruise ships. Cool. To have the ship that's going to inspire not only our organization um, to have a more sustainable vessel that we can organize activities on, which will have a 2,000-person capacity, so it'll be a little bit bigger, um, which will provide more space for youth programs, more space for conferences. Um, we also use the ship as a venue for a uh, kind of showcase of green and innovative technology. Mm -hmm. So having people come on board when the ship is docking in different ports to show what you know renewable energy can look like and how we can actually use green technology to improve the lives of everyone, not just sailing, but also using it for homes and for schools and for all kinds of other things. So I think the energy transition to a carbon-free future has to be set by those who are now active players and it's time for action. No doubt. That's really, really exciting to hear. And, you know, I think um, some of our, our audience is probably familiar that in the shipping uh, sector of the transportation universe, uh, the big boats are generally burning what's called bunker fuel, which is the dirtiest of all the types of fuel coming out of the petroleum refining infrastructure. And so we actually know that some of the mega uh, cargo ships are among the the most significant point source polluters, even though they're moving around the the planet. And right. uh, to to be able to demonstrate the transition to carbon free in that arena is is huge. It's really important, and it's it's really necessary now. So mm -hmm. we believe, you know, by creating the eco ship, if we can inspire all of those cargo ships, yeah. and we can inspire companies that are running cruises with fleets of ships, mm -hmm. that can really have an impact. So we really want to be the first to set the example, and we hope that the technology will be shared and open source for those who can also take advantage of this technology and use it to retrofit the ships they have, to start fresh um, with new ideas, and to really you know, make a paradigm shift. We, mm -hmm. we really don't need to be using the traditional ships that we had used for the past you know, 50, 100 years. It's time to use the skills and the technology that we have. It all exists today. So it's really time to do it now. It's amazing. I've seen a lot of wonderful designs about uh, cargo ships returning to using sails to harness the uh, the trade winds, basically, that flow mm -hmm. all around the planet. Sure. And yeah, our ship, we're planning to have also wind sails that are mm -hmm. sided with solar panels. And so it'll be both. And I think, you know, it's also economically viable to do these things. Once mm. you invest in the technology, when you're saving energy, you're going to be saving money as well. So companies should be using this technology to their advantage. Absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. We'll get to 
Blue Innovation Summit in just a moment, I want to pause and remind our audience that this is the Why on Earth Communities Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series. And today we are in New York City visiting with Emily McGlone, the director of Peace Boat US. Uh, you can find more information about Peace Boat at peaceboat.org slash English. Uh, for EcoShip, you can go to ecoship-pb.com. And uh, we also want to make sure to thank all of our sponsors who make this series possible. That includes the Association of Waldorf Schools of North America, Earth Coast Productions, Equal Exchange, the International Society of Sustainability Professionals, the Lidge Family Foundation, Madeira Outdoor, Patagonia, Purium, and Wele Waters. A huge thanks to all of you for your support of this series. Also, a big thanks to all those individuals out there in the Why on Earth Network who have joined our monthly giving program. Uh, to join, if you haven't yet, you can just go to whyonearth.org support or just click on the donate button and you can choose any level uh, to have as a recurring donation on a monthly basis. When you do that, I'll send you a special code so that you can unlock unlimited copies of our downloadable ebook and audiobook resources, which you can share with your whole company, uh, your whole community, your whole neighborhood, your friends and family, as many as you'd like. Um, so a huge thanks to all of our supporters. And uh, I want to get to the Blue Innovation Summit and, and just hear more about what that is and help us visualize what's going to be happening. Sure. Well, Peace Boat is uh, traveling right now towards New York City, mm -hmm. and it will be docking here October 10th and 11th. And just that week, uh, we decided to also participate in the Blue Tech Summit, which is taking place on the 9th and 10th. Uh, we have made many partnerships thanks to the United Nations Division of the Oceans and Law of the Sea, uh, which has been the organizers of the United Nations World Oceans Day. And last year for World Oceans Day, Peace Boat docked here in New York City on June 8th. And we had a large celebration with our UN partners and then also a reception on board the ship. And what we saw during that time was so many different organizations and UN delegates and youth and artists coming together for the oceans. Mm -hmm. And we really wanted to build on those partnerships and to continue the conversation. So as Peace Boat is returning to New York City now in October, uh, we are organizing the first blue Innovation Summit awesome. reception on board the ship, and mm. it will be in the evening. We'll be having exchange of speakers and some music and cultural mm. performances, and really providing a space to think about what can be done for impact investors who want to support ocean initiatives, um, what kind of innovative solutions there are for the plastic pollution, for the environmental degradation or marine conservation efforts that need mm. to be taking place, and then to also create a space for exchange um, so that'll be taking place on board the Peace Boat in October. And when the ship is traveling again to Latin America next summer, uh, we'll be organizing a program for sustainable development goals on the ship. And we'll be docking in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. And cool. at that time, too, we'll be planning to have um, some onboard programs about blue innovation and also hands-on activities in the ports of Mexico. When is that, that you'll be at Puerto Vallarta? This will be in July. How exciting. July 1st, we should be arriving. <clears throat> I have to share a personal story just because I imagine uh, some of our folks may be interested. When I took my kids down to Puerto Vallarta for a bit of a Thanksgiving vacation a few years back, 
that's when I started writing the book Why on Earth. Oh, so there's wow. a very special kind of heart connection to that beautiful, wonderful place. You'll have to join us then. Maybe. Keep we'll, your summer open. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Um, this is just so exciting. I can't help but emphasize a particular point that we stress when we're in places like Colorado, which by all appearances is landlocked, right? The nearest mm -hmm. ocean or coastline is a thousand miles away. But this is the ocean planet, and we have one great ocean. We like to call it a lot of different things in a lot of different places, but it's one big body of water surrounding our land masses. And we have these things called rivers and streams and creeks and brooks flowing often just a few feet from us, even if we're in a place like Colorado, that is directly feeding into the ocean. Mm -hmm. And so we remind people that, hey, just 10 feet away is the ocean. When you're thinking about plastics or pollution or or even thinking about sending a prayer of, of healing and well-being down to the ocean you can do that right at the creek as well and i'm just curious how much in your guys programming when you're on the the great big blue out there uh, uh high seas how much are you connecting the dots with inland waterways and rivers that are ultimately feeding into the ocean sure no it's a great um it's a great program on the peace boat when we connect the dots like that mm -hmm. i think those are always the most impactful programs mm -hmm. when you're sailing on the ocean there's so many different places that we visit for example if we're going uh, through the mediterranean that's one experience you know watching the buildings on the side of the suez canal as you're traveling through narrow areas or even the panama canal looking at the technology and innovation um, but then we're docking in the ports of course and then arriving to the countries and we often organize programs, um, mangrove reforestation. Um, we have some great programs in Guatemala. And also, I recently took a group to, uh, to Cambodia, where we were doing some reforestation. And we paddleboarded out to the mangroves. Uh, we arrived to the mangrove area and worked with local community members. It's a civil society-based organization that does um, environmental programs and ecotourism through having volunteers come in and plant mangroves together. Mm. So I think connecting mm. in that way is really unique. Um, having those programs where you're realizing that mangroves are also some of the most important ecosystems that we have. Truly. And realizing how they are connected, land to the rivers and to the oceans. And so um, the youth always come from our programs, you know, so excited that they got to participate in, you know, even doing paddle boating or taking a canoe through the mangroves is also mm. really exciting. And that really helps show the connection. That sounds magical and exquisite. And yeah, of course, I, growing numbers of people are aware that mangroves are really our first line of defense often against hurricanes and, and big storm events. Absolutely. And are critical breeding grounds for a whole bunch of maritime species, right? Yes, absolutely. That was one of the main points we made in, in Cambodia during the program was we had, um, after we planted the mangroves, I think we planted about uh, 500 seedlings. Mm -hmm. And that was a whole day's activity. And in the afternoon, we also had a debriefing session and learned more about the fishermen who depend on the mangroves and how those fishermen, if they have more fish, thanks to the mangrove plantations, then they're able to, you know, really pay for their children to go to school, and that money gets invested back into the community, and it's, you know, a whole sustainable process where people really, their livelihoods depend on it. Absolutely. So that's really where the environmental and the social starts to connect up in a big that's way. That's right. Huh? Yeah. That's beautiful. That's really beautiful. Well, Emily, we've, we've got a, a few minutes left uh, before we sign off for today. Um, and I want to make sure to give you the opportunity to, uh, in whatever kind of open way you'd like to share with our audience, if there are any things in particular you'd like us to keep in mind, any additional calls to action, uh, 
share with us? Sure. Well, we have right now, I'd say, two major exciting opportunities to get involved with Peace Boat. Uh, one is obviously our ecoship. Mm -hmm. So for partners, anybody who's looking to work with an organization that's you know going to be using renewable energy in the maritime industry, impact investors who would like to be part of this program, it's a major call to action to get in touch with us and let us know through our website of ecoship-pb.com. And we also have a scholarship which we launched this week during Climate Week for the SDG Summit at the United Nations for the Sustainable Development Goals. Um, so we are calling to action youth who would like to come with us on our program. We have this activity that's taking place from Panama to Costa Rica and Mexico. Mm. So we're inviting young people ages 18 to 30 years old to apply for the scholarship mm. online. Um, our youth team has just made the registration form on online and we are going to be taking signups until around April of 2020. And this will be for June 20th to July 3rd of our 104th global voyage around the world. Um, the experiences are very exciting for young people who are interested in already doing activities for the Sustainable Development Goals. We have um, had various programs where young people have joined and then continued their work in the SDGs uh, and it helps to create a network of young people working on sustainable development. Mm -hmm. um, we always start off with an activity in Panama City. We work with uh, UNDP, it's a UN Development Program, who has a regional office in Panama City in the City of Knowledge. So we always host a youth forum there and also activities on board the Peace Boat. Um, we believe also in learning about indigenous culture and traditional knowledge. So we visit the Embarakara indigenous communities and do a homestay program. Hmm. And also the Kuna indigenous communities to learn more about how there are fair trade programs for the women's groups and activities that they're working on for local sustainable development are hmm. uh, really making impact. And then as we travel through the Panama Canal to Costa Rica, we'll be going to visit the rainforests and learn about climate action and the impact of climate change in those regions. And then in Mexico, we'll be disembarking the ship with activities um, with My World Mexico, which is a, a group that works on the sustainable development goals in Mexico, and also uh, Restore Coral, who's working on coral restoration through experience. So we'll be doing a um, kind of snorkeling and coral restoration program mm -hmm. and getting hands-on uh, with the Marietta Islands near Puerto Vallarta. So, yeah, very exciting, and we just encourage any youth interested, especially in climate action and ocean conservation, to apply. Oh, that's so exciting. I, yes. I, I'm so excited to hear about all of that. And I would say not just youth. The scholarship uh -huh. is specifically for youth, but anyone can apply from any age if they'd oh, like to cool. travel on the Peace Boat and be part of the program. Mm. Maybe we'll get a uh, Why on Earth uh, delegation somehow, an ambassador or something. That on, would be great. On the boat. That Absolutely. Would be well, Emily, thanks so much for visiting with us and uh, for sharing with us all of this information about Peace Boat, EcoShip, Blue Innovation Summit. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming to our office. And we welcome anyone who's interested in learning more about Peace Boat US in New York to come visit us here. We also have an internship program and many activities taking place during the year, not only on the ship. So please keep us in mind. And it's a wonderful address, 777, right? Yes, United <laughs> Nations Plaza, third floor. Great. Thanks, Emily. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much. The Why on Earth Community Stewardship and Sustainability podcast series is hosted by Aaron William Perry, author, thought leader, and executive consultant. The podcast and video recordings are made possible by the generous support of people like you. To sign up as a daily, weekly, or monthly supporter, please visit whyonearth.org backslash support. Support packages start at just $1 per month. The podcast series is also sponsored by several corporate and organization sponsors. 
You can get discounts on their products and services using the code WHYONEARTH, all one word with a Y. These sponsors are listed on the whyonearth.org backslash support page. If you found this particular podcast episode especially insightful, informative, or inspiring, please pass it on and share it with a friend whom you think will also enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your support. And thank you for being a part of the Why on Earth community.